from the city market, it is Two Douchebags and Microphone Podcast. Uh, seeing that there were a commercial was being overlaid on top of another one yeah, when I was um, watching it. What format was um, it? was a service. Uh, uh, Dish, on Dish Network. Dish Network. Is okay. what I have, yeah. Um, and I mentioned it to several other people. And within the week, a week ago or so, I saw an article in Google News saying, yeah, that's a thing. When, uh, when you're sitting in your house watching a, a TV show or something being streamed that has ads... The person watching the exact same show at the exact same time in the house right next door to you is seeing different ads. They can tailor the ads that specifically. Okay. Um, and not just on streaming your services. Dish stuff, they know your age, right? Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead with what you're saying. I'm, and I was saying it's it's not just like signing up for Netflix and you get different ads. It's it's regular broadcast TV too. You know, like oh, you're watching. So, so it's not just this Dish Network. No, no. So you're like watching, you know, your ABC affiliate over the air. You you're going to see different so ads. So this is like ABC and NBC doing this. Yeah, or TNT or TBS or now, CNN or just anybody. My you know, question is, the whole is, technology is available to everybody. There's a rhyme to reason, mm-hmm. obviously. So, this rhyme to reason is this by your demographic? They are tailoring the ad specifically to your household. Okay, so... Um, yeah, that's so how specific I, they're getting. I'm a 55-year-old male. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm considered <clears throat> Caucasian, even though it's summertime and I'm dark. So that <laughs> so that's what they tailor to me. Or yeah. other... Oh, wait a minute, I'm other. I forgot. Yeah. Because of the season, I'm other right now. Right. Yeah. Well, they'll take, into a lot of, they'll take a lot of things into account, like how often do you pick up your remote? Because your remote has motion sensors in it, so if you pick up your com- your remote every commercial that's, break, that's interesting. It keeps track of that by your household. Oh, they go crazy with my mom. Yeah, every time a commercial <laughs> comes on, she saps that fucking button so quick. They keep track of whether you mute the commercials. Do you change channels during commercials? Do you use picture in picture a lot? The, I mean, all this stuff is get all this information is gathered just on the household by household basis anymore. Wow! And they aren't tailoring every single commercial to your specific household, but some of them are. Some of them um, are specifically for you, and someone else isn't seeing it. Um, it's kind of scary to think that they can show you something on TV that you see but wasn't recorded on your DVR because something else records on your DVR. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the commercial that's on the underlay of the one they're putting on top, that's what gets recorded to your DVR. So that's kind of scary to think they have the technology to show you something on your TV yeah. and you have absolutely no record of it because it's not on your DVR. How do you, Unless you're there with your cell phone recording it at the same time, how do you ever prove that you saw that on TV? No, you're right. Because it's not going to be on your DVR. That's right. You know they're not using it necessarily for that yet. I would but love. They can. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I would love to do is I would love to be a, uh, a hacker, 
and fucking uh-huh. put like fucking penises in there or something. Mm-hmm. Something assholes or something. Well, it'll probably be the next cyber attack. Is you know you watch something on your DVR and every commercial break is just like Russian porn or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get takes- Junior out of here. It's more of that porn shit. Yeah. <laughs> Volume three of Putin's PP. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that little meat whistle. Shut up, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I started thinking about uh, since they're they're able to tell so much of us, tell so much about us um, that there makes it worthwhile to change the ads on a household by household basis. Yeah, um, that's I, what gets me is is they have the time, technology, and the personnel to do this. And it makes it makes them money to do it. Otherwise, they exactly. wouldn't be doing. Exactly, they it. wouldn't have all these people working for them if it did right. not make money. Exactly. So. You've got to look at it from that viewpoint. It's working out for them, so they're doing it. It's not necessarily working out for us. Maybe it is to some degree. We get more specific ads. Maybe you get an ad for something you really want. But they're not doing it for our benefit. They're doing it for their benefit. I think it's important to always remember that. No. Um, But with the vast amount of information... I think you and I know this, but I know. But the vast amount of information they gather on us... I started wondering what conclusions do they draw based on what shows we watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I leave the TV on during the day for my dogs, I'm not even necessarily in the room. Oh, I do. I do, do they too. think I'm watching those shows? Because you know, one TV is showing Paw Patrol for pretty much half the day. <laughs> well, so I might be getting some really weird ads because they think I'm watching Paw Patrol, but it's my dog watching Paw Patrol. Oh, the lack of remote does that come into play yeah maybe the fact that the remote's just not moving they're like they no, figure they, okay it's on and nobody's really nobody's there. watching yeah. it they just turn it on yeah. paw patrol and then like start cleaning the living room yeah. or something and then i started thinking about reality shows and i had i had thought for a while well they may target they may target people who watch reality shows mm-hmm. with certain scam ads because if you're willing to pretend that this reality show is actually reality then maybe you'll fall for their scam more easily yeah that's true because most people will say yeah reality show has nothing to do with reality it's just a name anymore um but i realize that most people know that these so-called reality shows are just about as fake as any sitcom or, or any other TV show you watch, and they don't really care. Yeah. And they enjoy pretending it's real, but they aren't really deluded into thinking it's all real the way people used to argue that wrestling was real. Yeah. You know, that used to be fist <laughs> fights over that in a oh, bar. I know. It's real! It's not real! You know, But people now... They realize that half that stuff is fake, but they don't. It doesn't really bother them, so they don't think about it. Mm-hmm. So the scammers who are thinking, "Oh, he's watching reality TV. He's a sucker." Well, not necessarily. When it's an entertainment show, people can put their their disbelief on hold to believe, you know, Harry Potter and Hogwarts and all that stuff. You get caught up in that. You start worrying about the characters. Yeah, you know it's all fake. These are actors. It's CGI, but that suspension of belief or suspension of disbelief. People are doing that for reality shows, but the scammers are maybe making a mistake, thinking that 
everyone who watches these shows is automatically dumb and will fall for their scam. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think that it, for the most part, people realize it's entertainment. I'm not going to worry what part's real and what part isn't because it's funny. And beyond that, they really don't care. Yeah, that's right. And to get all bent about it really misses the point. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> you know, well, these reality shows aren't real. Yes, so what? <laughs> no, we we know that Star Trek Voyager isn't real, but yeah. we still watch it. I yeah. mean, at least not right now. Yeah. If it's on TV, it's entertainment. And however much reality is in it is very subjective. That's true. So why does anyone really care? About the realest reality <laughs> show ever was probably the Osbournes. And that's because they captured a lot of reality on that show. Mm-hmm. They pieced it together. They took all these different things and came up with different storylines. But it was pieced together from real stuff. You know, like uh, like Ozzy's a, kind of a bumbling guy that depends on Sharon all the time. Yeah. True. You know, and whenever he have the little bit of a problem Sharon you know <laughs> yeah um, like uh, you know he was going to play in Vegas and she's wanting to fucking do big bubbles he's like I'm the prince of fucking darkness <laughs> I don't do bubbles you know I'm by bats I go Satan <laughs> and you know a lot of that was derived from actual truth but it was pieced together to be a show right right they get very creative in the editing process yeah. Uh, to tell the tale they want to tell. Exactly. Uh, sometimes because you got to make a point faster than it happened in real life. Cause exactly. Because you've got, yeah. what, a half hour, maybe you got an a hour half hour for, the, yeah, whatever it is, so. 20 minutes. you got it. Yeah. you got to have, uh, what What do you call it? What do they call it? The, uh, the pace. Yesterday's technology today. That's right. It's podcast. Pacing has to be right. Yeah, the pacing, and you got to have, like, the, um, what do they call it? The arc. The story arc. The story arc, yeah. yeah. It has to move at, a, at the correct speed. It can't stall out. Other than that, it's just kind of like yeah. just a hodgepodge of fucking sitting in your living room and watching yeah. somebody outdoors. And realistically, I'm going to back up and not say realistically, I think that if we really saw it in real time the way it happened in real time, we'd get bored. Exactly. We because give maybe this argument took place over the course of... Seven weeks. Yeah. yeah you don't and know. they're condensing it down to where we get these yeah, points. So they, but for they them, it was their business, so they remembered. Kind of like we do these yeah. podcasts. We take this big lump of shit and <laughs> yeah. divide it into four or five of them. Really? And throw some little cute little liners in it, or what we think is cute. <laughs> and... Do you remember one of the very first reality shows ever? It was called An American Family. I think it was in 1972. I do not remember that at that, all. An old, old show. And it was... Who was in it? Was it anybody notable? It, it, was was just, it was just a bunch of people living their lives. And a film crew <laughs> started following them around and doing a documentary. It had never really been done before. This was like brand new. The pacing was pretty slow, it got kind of boring, but interesting things would happen during the show. Um, the The husband and wife broke up and the husband moved out. Uh, the ki- One of the kids was having, I think, drug problems. Uh, one of the kids was gay was but closeted. True? Yeah. Was this a true? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was an absolutely real family. They just started following around. Oh, and wow. you could tell because it was it was done fairly poorly. And this was in the early seventies. I'm seventy two is what I remember. I find that very 
uh, actually amazing. That's how that old that the reality show format is. Because they're showing drug abuse and homosexuality. Uh-huh. See, that, that is something that they used to hide. Well, that's another thing. That even back in 1972, we're 50 years ago, the producers knew one of the kids of this family was gay but closeted. And they decided to go with this family in particular in part because of you're that. Right, you're right. Because they knew they could exploit it. And exactly. they did. They pressured him to come out on the show. And wow. he did, and it was a disaster. Because of the way it was perceived then, the way it was and, thought of and then, And this kid wasn't coming out on his own terms. He was doing it because the producer was telling him, do it, do it, do it, it'll be great, do it. Probably and it was, his it was, life, didn't it was it? horrible for everybody. I think he eventually got over it, but no, that's even good. back then, when reality shows were just a brand new idea, the producers were manipulating the people to perform and create a better show to be more entertaining. Mm-hmm. But then they still show it as, market it as, well, this is real life. You're being entertained by what's really happening. Well, no, they've been been manipulating it from behind the scenes since the conception of the show. But I think people know that now and are a lot more savvy to it. But when the show first aired, it was it was. I think it was on around the time of sixty minutes because I think we, it was on after football and and we could sit down and watch the show and it was pretty fascinating for its time because there was absolutely nothing like it on and never had been. And it was just fascinating to feel like you felt like and you were was, spying what was on the this name family. of it again? An, Amer- an American family. So basically, the whole thing is, is they picked this family out mm-hmm. because of some of the troubles that they could see coming up. Yeah, I'm sure they that's, could see marital tension. That's semi fucking evil. And they could see. No, it's know, not semi evil. It is. Evil. Yeah. But, you know, MTV's Real World followed up on that format. When they would pick the people to put into the house together Mm -hmm. on Real World, they would make sure there were conflicts built in. On one one season, they had a Hispanic man who was gay, and then they had this skateboarding punk who was homophobic. I remember that. I forgot all about the Real World. And they put them together intentionally to make the sparks fly. And they would always put in... People that were opposite, the uh-huh. polar opposite, that there would always be constant tension. Mm-hmm. Like one guy wouldn't like the other, and the other guy wouldn't like him, yeah. just because of who they are. And they that wasn't mesh. That was never accidental. No, they, when they, they started doing the show Wife Swap, they would intentionally oh, yeah. find a family where they would not fit in in any way, shape, or form to make it as confrontational and difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. None of that is ever is accidental. No, that's true. So yeah, when when Real World did that, and I saw the you know the one guy getting just treated like crap by the skater punk, I thought, well, this is shitty. They're ruining this young man's life. And then I thought, wait a minute, he can quit the show and walk away anytime exactly. he wants. Exactly. He that's... wants to be on TV, and he wants the money, and he's willing to put up with this shit. So I have no more sympathy. You're right. For he these doesn't people. care. He's like, he, you know yeah. what? I'm getting my cash. So he what do I get? He can walk away anytime he wants, even if they sued him. He could still walk away. They're not going to put a gun to his head and make him stay on the show. Nah. So, yeah. yes, he absolutely can walk away at any point. And he chose to stick with it. And I think within like two or three years after that season of MTV Real World aired, that young man died of AIDS. Wait and a minute. The skater punk yeah. guy's reaction was good riddance. I remember a little bit about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
the skater punk's guy name was Puck. 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 Yeah. And there was this one blonde chick from like the Midwest who was totally under his spell. Totally under his thumb. Embarrassingly so. She refused to come to the re to the reunion. I'm sure because she was just totally embarrassed by what a total pushover she was. Oh, for probably. Him. Yeah, he just mortified. Like uh, he just no. he he treated her like his little personal servant and treated her like crap. And she just came back begging for more and weeping when he'd get mad at her. And oh, yeah. it was just sickening to watch. And I'm sure she was embarrassed to tell when she saw the show. And she's like, Oh, yeah. oh my God, everybody I know is seeing me do this. She's like, uh, I'm staying away. Not going anywhere near it. Hang on. Hey, Pete. Pete, here's the owner. Pete, come here. No? Okay. <laughs> He's busy. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so anyway, so that was... I, I'd started out as, do reality shows help scammers find their next victims? But I really don't think they do. I think people... There's a different mindset between watching a show and pretending it's reality and looking at an email or a business opportunity or a text or something and falling for a scam that way. I think that's a different mindset. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, there's also been a lot of studies that suggest that sociopaths actually um, use our empathy against us. Yeah, I was thinking the mindset of the, the victim. Oh, like the person watching reality show. Okay, they're not necessarily gullible. They just want to be entertained. The person looking at that text, they're gullible and they want to make a quick buck. So that's when they fall. Okay, okay. I thought you're going a little bit further down there. Okay, no, this is the the I completely side. It's I completely overthought it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's rare for us. Yeah, that's rare. Overthinking it. Yeah. Usually it's lack of think. Mm -hmm. So. Hey, how, um, have you heard about quiet quitting? I have. That's a fascinating concept. Well, quiet quitting, um, they're starting to believe it's a real trend. Yeah. That people purposely do this instead of just being lazy. Mm-hmm. So quiet quitting refers to doing the minimum requirements of one's job and putting in no more time, effort, or enthusiasm than absolutely necessary. As such, it mm-hmm. is something of a misnomer since a worker doesn't actually leave their position and continues to collect a salary. In the early 2020s, driven largely by social media, quiet quitting emerged as a much publicized trend in the United States and elsewhere. However, some observers have questioned how common it actually is and whether it's even a new phenomenon. Mm. Because laziness has been going on forever. (laughs) But lately there's been this new life that people say that it's in the dictionary now and all this. People are saying no. Some of it may just be laziness, but a lot of it's planned. It's like, why should I do this? Because so-and-so down the road's a hero. He's a guy that wants to jump up and do it. I don't. You know, the term quiet quitting refers to an employee who puts in no more effort into their jobs than absolutely necessary. A 2022 Gallup survey suggests that at least half of the U.S. workforce consists of quiet quitters. Half. You know, I think I'm on the side of the quiet quitters. You know, I could see that. Anybody, well, I think anybody who's worked for the Postal Service 
or any similar business like that, it, <clears throat> the more you do, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the more they expect, <clears throat> and the more the, they plan <laughs> on you doing, because you're making up for the people who are doing less. And it's, <clears throat> it's easier to find the go-getter and say, here, take all this extra, rather than find the slug and say, get off your lazy ass and do more. I can refer to this real easy, and I agree with mm-hmm. you. I hate... Um, strongly dislike I, I mean like I said I have uh, some family members like this mm-hmm. where they don't ever work they get all this free stuff from us mm-hmm. through the state through our tax money and all they ever do is put in no effort at all they sit around mm-hmm. in their own fucking filth well, that's different from these people who have a job, are doing the job, but refuse to go oh, above you and know beyond. What? That, you know what? I got a little bit confused, though. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that someone putting in no effort at all does piss off someone that does put in all the effort. Mm-hmm. I've always put in effort my whole life. And it pisses me off when I see stuff like that happen. Yeah. But on this, I see what you mean. What you're saying mm-hmm. is, is they do come in and they do do something, not like this... Uh, alleged family member yeah and i say alleged not because it's not true but because i don't really consider him family yeah so well i'm I'm looking at two different distinct situations one one i'm very familiar with because i was a quiet quitter at the post office i learned very quickly that if i did any more than my assigned eight-hour route Mm -hmm. then they would make my route bigger until yeah. there was absolutely no way I could get it done in anything less than the eight hours. And I was at a dead run all day doing that. So the smart person was the carrier next to me who was taking the time to follow all the stupid little rules, all the stupid little policies, and do everything very meticulously and, and in order, and was probably spending two hours a day doing all that instead of delivering mail, whereas I was breezing through a lot of that, skipping a lot of that stuff, trying to get done faster, and what I got was more work. Mm -hmm. What that other person got was an easier job because he was following every instruction to the letter and not doing anything more than that. And I thought, that's the smart way to do it, because if you do more, they're going to expect more. And they're just going to keep piling it on until you break. Mm-hmm. And then here's the second situation. A business where they say, okay, we're paying you, you know, 50 grand a year. You're expected to get out, you know, six reports a week. And, you know, this, this, etc. And then they start leaning on you. Oh, man, we need really we need two more reports this week because so-and-so is out. And so, you know, you know we, we can't pay any extra, but you know, really need those extra two reports. And, you know, we'll remember, you know, come bonus time. And it's that kind of job. They keep pushing you to do more, do more, do more. We'll yeah. make it right on the back end, and then they don't. Yeah, and they don't. You're right. They or or they, they say, you know, oh, this, you know, you're supposed to be here at 9 and work till 5. That's just the bare minimum. If you're not here until 6.30 or 7, then we don't think you're really trying, and come promotion time, we're going to pass you over. Mm-hmm. That's the situation where the quiet quitters are like, all right, I'm just going to sit back and get my salary and do the absolute bare minimum because I don't give a shit about this company anymore. 
that person I can understand. And also, you're Very helping a my management. You're, you're helping a person that fucks you regularly. Uh huh. And that's the thing that would get me more than anything. It's like at my previous employment, not where I'm at now. I love where I'm at now, but my mm-hmm. previous employment, all I did was make this fucking asshole that was my immediate supervisor looked good. Mm-hmm. And all he ever did was run around and motherfuck me yep. because he was an insecure little fucking girl. You know, with fucking no teeth in the front. <laughs> Hillbilly. And then there's that other piece of shit I worked uh, with after that. There's my immediate supervisor that's a fucking little bitch. But anyhow, I get what you're <laughs> I get what you're saying. Yeah, those exactly. toxic bosses who keep pushing and pushing to get more yeah, out of you. Yeah, and all you're doing is giving them fucking glory. Yeah. And he's going in there in the inner office there and going, yeah, I got these fucking pukes to work. All you have to sell is, you know, a day of your life and the energy yeah. you can put out. And mm-hmm. they want it for free. And they will push her and pressure and, and cajole and browbeat and bully to get you to do more until people become quiet quitters. It's like, you know what? That guy over at that desk, he's doing that bare minimum. He still has a job, so if I do only as much as he does, you can't fire me either. You know what? Yeah. However, skeptics question these numbers and whether quiet quitting is a new trend or simply a trendy new name for worker dissatisfaction. Yeah. I I think it is just a new name. Me too. Yeah. It's been going on forever. Oh, yeah. And I think some of it is uh, systemically or systematic, Mm -hmm. however you want to call it yeah. i think some of his people come in and go well okay i see how this thing is operated i see how it's done and i want no part of it but i want my check yeah then there's people that are just like lazy yeah so but you can tell in some of those those places that no matter how much effort you put into doing more and excelling and getting noticed it's not going to help you're going to just get screwed over just like most everybody else <laughs> well and yeah that's true and here's another thing quiet quitters continue to fulfill their primary responsibilities yep it's important to know that that they and this goes back mm-hmm. to what i was talking about family members and all that stuff you're right they do have a function un- unlike this piece of garbage yeah. i was talking about but uh, they, they're less willing to engage in activities known as citizenship behaviors no more st- Staying late, showing up early, or attending non-mandatory meetings. Yeah. They won't bring food in for the office party. They say, can you work your day off? No. Can you trade shifts? No. Can you stay an extra half hour? No. They never, the answer is always no. So I'm doing the exact bare minimum and nothing else. You're getting nothing else from me. I've known and a lot of someone people who is very dissatisfied with their compensation. This, this actually came from a union that I used to work for. Mm-hmm guys from there that were really in with the union said always say no mm-hmm. because a company will naturally take advantage of you yep if you say yes then you're you're gonna the first person they come back to next time because you said yes last time and the ones yeah. who say no they're just eventually going to quit asking them oh yeah and because of a tight labor market of recent years it makes replacing quiet quitters very difficult uh-huh. so in other words it's like you got a guy that does minimum but he's here yeah the guy comes in, and, and he's doing something, so leave him the fuck alone. We've had yeah. way too much time in, in the history of our country where the bosses have had so much power and the employees just had to take it. Uh-huh. I'm so happy to see it the other way around. I would, I love it when the employers employees can stick it to the employers. 
I cheer every time that happens. And I know I know there's some people out there who are business owners. It's like too bad, dude. The employees get taken the taken the shorts so often, and you business owners are the ones doing it. You so, know, I, no I, sympathy. I hear exactly what you're saying, but I can't complain. I'm in with a really good company yeah. now, and that, I mean, I couldn't be happier. And they're just, you know, yeah. But uh, I have been in that situation before. Like I said, the former place, and other places too. But the former place was like that too. So, uh, anyhow, beyond the workplace, the term quiet quitting is now being applied to non-work aspects of people's lives, such as marriages and relationships. Mm-hmm. So, there's people, there's marriages where both of them have quiet quitted. Yeah. So, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's not just for jobs. It's There's probably students that quiet quit, and they use just the bare minimum to graduate. Yeah. According to the Los Angeles Times, the first known use of quiet quitting was by Brian Creeley, a Nashville-based corporate recruiter turned career coach who invoked he invoked this in March 4th of 2022, a video posted on TikTok and YouTube. Hmm. So, anyhow, the, the other part of this article goes into whether it's a real trend or not. And, I mean, I think it's a trend because of aspects. Mm-hmm. Of companies and the way they treat people. Yeah. I think it's a, de- a direct result of people going, wait a minute, the top 3% here are getting most of the money and all the perks, and I'm getting shit on all the time. And whenever they want to make more money, they take it from me. They don't take it from that fat ass up there. Yep. So they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. So I get it. So, anyhow, I could go on and on about this. It's a huge article, and I have a lot of it printed out. And I mean, but, I mean, really, actually, I think we covered the meat of it. Yeah. Anyhow, that is um, probably about all we want to go with that. So, you got something? Um, have you heard about this guy who invented an app that can track... Uh, people's airplanes and he's using it to track uh, Zuckerberg's private airplane and Elon Musk's private jet. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And you know he he makes the app available and the information available. And the thing is, it is public information. Yeah, the um let's see. It wasn't the Freedom of Information Act. It's the right to get anything that's out there available like in the air um, well, well, think of it this way. They're flying in, here's the term, public airspace. Yeah, that's... That okay. airspace belongs to us, the American people. Yeah. Okay, it's it's administered by the FAA, but it is public airspace. Their private plane is in our airspace, so we get to know about it. You know, and what they do is they file a flight plan with the FAA. It says, you know, I'm flying here and to there. And so that is public information because other pilots need to know that so they can plan their flights accordingly. So all this guy did was take that information, make it into bot, and say, okay, here's the airplane based on their flight plan. Here's where it is, what it's doing, where it's going, here, now it's landing, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Now, he never can say for sure whether anybody, a certain person's on board or not, but you can find that out other ways, too. But 
you can track their airplanes and see their movement in real time. I bet and that fucking bothers the hell out of them too, doesn't it? They have shut him down again and they again. Did. He keeps he keeps popping up and lately they've shut him down again. Trying to trying to say, Oh, it's it's you know private No, it's not. It's public information. It's in public airspace. Well, it's it's a security risk. Too bad. It's a security risk for anybody who flies on any airplane. Exactly. And if you've got enemies, be a better person. <laughs> Good or point. drive a car. You don't have to file a flight plan. But no, you don't have to change the rules just because you've pissed people off. It's public information. It's out there. Deal with it. That's right. But they've got a court to, to shut this guy down again. But I don't see you anything see wrong with ir- his app. No, that irritates the fuck out of me that they're doing this. All he's doing is making public information more easily accessible, and I think that's what the objection is. They, you know, it, if someone wants to hide information that's supposed to be public information, they make it very difficult to find and access. It's still there and it's still free, but you got to know all the secret handshakes and the codes and the left turn and the right turn to get to well, it. I know he's taking all that out of it and saying, "Here, now anyone can see." Well, that's what scares the shit out of great, a lot of people. <laughs> without going into great detail, um, but um, I knew um, about this figure, uh-huh. this public figure, that did something really bad. Mm-hmm. Okay? And he did something that was, like, really bad. Like, you know, that really would have really caused him a lot of problems. Yeah. Well, somehow, when I went back to look at it, after he got through all the legal stuff, and, mm-hmm. oh, I was tricked, someone else grabbed my computer, what you know, or uh, whatever. Yeah. Okay. It's all scrubbed from the internet. You cannot find it. Oh. It's nowhere around. Wow. And I knew that guy had some influence, but I didn't know he had that much influence. Yeah. He probably paid a fucking fortune to have that shit fucking scrubbed. Mm-hmm. But it happens because I know this guy was arrested for it. I know he, uh, by the, boy, how do I say this? By like like stated, stated before, if you believe anything we say or think of this podcast, anything other than hyperbole, parody, and, and just, just plain stupidness, stupidness. You're, you're dumber, dumber than, than us. us. And, and that's, that's hard, hard to beat. By the, uh, the whole circumstances, uh-huh. he had to have been guilty. Yeah. And this is nothing new, making reality disappear. Yeah. It's more yeah. difficult now, in some ways, with the internet and digital recordings that don't degrade, etc. Mm-hmm. But it's still being done, and being done very effectively making bad shit disappear because it's inconvenient for your future life. Yeah. Wow. So when someone says, well, there's no record of anything like that on the internet. Big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of airports, you Mm. know the new KCI, right? Yeah, we we were just up there the other night. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Thank you guys again for coming and getting us. That was awesome. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, we we had a good time though. I mean, yeah. after you did your uh, thirty hours of walking and all the miscommunication. Oh, yeah, it was like a Twilight Zone episode where I felt like I was never going to be able to get out of the well, airport. The, the the first the first problem was this right here. 
when I was leaving Albuquerque Sunport Airport, um, there was, it's a smaller airport because Albuquerque is probably about the size of Wichita. I didn't know it was yeah. that small. It's about 400,000, 500,000 people. Something like that. Yeah. So the airport wasn't really big. So when I went to check in there and let everybody know my vacation was coming to a crash and halt, um, I had to check in the, to the Delta terminal, terminal because they did not have a Southwest one. Yeah. So I checked into Delta. So Christopher sees Delta. So he's like, oh, okay. Well, I'll go to the Delta terminal at KCI and go get him. So in, in the meantime, I texted him and seen it, you know, what they were, him and Cindy were up to, if they could come get us. Because the ride place that we use um, suddenly decided that they had too much business that night. <laughs> so, we don't want your money anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but at actually, the same time, no on one wants me. to work. Yeah. I tried to book it two days before because uh-huh. I forgot. I spaced yeah. it off. And then they said, yeah, we think we can do it. And then when it came actually time to charge my card, they said, we're sorry, we have too many people. But they didn't really promise it to me. They just said that they would, you know, that they would check into it and see because, you know, I waited so long to book. And the guy, mm-hmm. when he was taking me, taking us up to the airport, he said, you better book it now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow. Um, um, so we're at KCI. Okay, so we're at KCI. So I take and I, um, you know, check in there. So Christopher sees us, and I'm not thinking anything about it at all. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I text Christopher and uh, I say Southwest. So you went to Southwest, right? And but didn't see any flights coming in from Albuquerque. Because that's because <laughs> you can't get a direct flight because of our smaller airport as of right now. You can't get a direct flight to Albuquerque. You have to go through Dallas. So this plane would have been coming from Dallas. So then Christopher's like, wait a minute. I think Mark wrote the wrong thing down when he texted me because he checked into Delta. So I went up to the Delta counter, which, which is was like a mile away and a half yeah. away. Yes. <laughs> and it was all dark, and there was no one there. It was like Delta was, had, had gone out of business or something, and that was so weird. The boards were dark, and it was like, there are flights leaving in like an hour. Why isn't there someone here? Yeah. Why aren't there people here getting on planes? It's like, what's going on? <laughs> so... That was going on. Yeah. So we land, and I have no idea. Um, Cindy parked the car, and Christopher actually went into the airport to find us. I thought they were circling around the outside and was going to just pick us up. I was hoofing it. Yeah. (laughs) And also our luggage went with some friends of ours that drove there that um, actually stayed with us. And so we didn't have any luggage either, so it was kind of a weird situation. But Christopher, like... Spent a good, probably, how long did you, looking for us? At least a half hour. Yeah, so, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> a whole big clusterfuck of miscommunication. But once they get KCI finished, it'll all, it'll all work out a lot yeah. better. <laughs> so, um, I was reading up on the new KCI airport, and I really... And, and look, we know that a lot, of, a lot of people who listen to our podcast are from out of town, according to the analytics... Yep. And you can either listen to this or not, you know, just fast forward it. It's real easy yep. to do on every platform. Take your little cursor and just go up 20 minutes or whatever. <laughs> or if I get a chance, I'll put this on the back burner. 
uh, on the not the back burner, but the back of the podcast. But yeah. we'll you know we'll see. Or consider flying into Kansas City in the near future. Yeah, um, there's going to be some cool shit there. So right now we have really nothing there. Yeah, it's really sad the state of Kansas City and and, and then the few good eateries that are in there are never open. Yeah. Like, what is it, the Pig and Fork or whatever? I never found that place open. No, and right now it's divided into um, secure area and non-secure area. Yeah. Whereas the terminal was built to be one common area. They had mm-hmm. to put up a, a divider down the middle of, of, of the terminal. So when 9-11 happened and they had yeah. to have a secure and non-secure area, yeah. it cut the smallest airport, the small airport in half anyhow. Yeah. So um, And all the businesses on the outside in the non-secure area, they pretty much are never open. No. Because nobody cares. Nobody's there. Everyone gets in and gets into the secure area, and then they sit down and they buy stuff. And, you know, yeah. Food, drink, whatever. So yeah. if you're there to pick somebody up, you can't get into the secure area. You can't get anything to eat or drink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, so it sucks right now. It does. It's so, getting better. <laughs> okay, the... Uh, the um, the airport is uh, actually scheduled to open up early, a couple months earlier. It's scheduled nice. to open up March of 2023. Um, before uh, going through security, travelers will find the first two Duncan locations. Now, um, the reason that this thing is scheduled to be ahead of time is because uh, they did not use my old company at all. If they use my old company that I used to work for, you can damn well bet it's going to be 10 months late. Yeah, and badly done. Yes, and badly done and always having problems. So, because those idiots are not involved, look at this. It's going to be ready two months ahead of time. <laughs> Probably on budget, too. Yeah, and on budget, too. <laughs> Don't have those evil fucks fucking grabbing in for every fucking penny they can shake you down for. Yeah. 30 new restaurants and... Mm-hmm. and uh, and retail options. Nice. In Concourse A, you'll find a Made in KC food hall. It will feature Bloom Baking Company from the City Market. Mmm, yeah. J. Foodie McShan's Blues Bar. Nice. J. McShan. Pigwitch. Yeah, that's down at the City Market. Yeah, and which is a great place. Mm. Fantastic sandwiches. It is good. They have one of the best Nashville chicken sandwiches outside of Nashville. Mm. Nashville hot chicken. Oh, it's so good. Yummy. Yeah, it's really good. And a place called Poio. Okay. P-O-I-O. Poio. 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 I wonder what uh, what type of cuisine that is. I would is. think it's chicken, like polo. Or maybe Hawaiian, like poi. It could be. You know what? Uh, Okay, I don't know. Who knows? Well, it's going to be a local place. So, Concourse B, travelers will find more KC faves. There will be a city market food hall. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty cool because I don't understand the city market food hall having the... uh, the first one that's not the city market food hall mm. has two places from the city market in it. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> it will feature bowlings. So that's where the bowlings. One, yeah, that's good. That's yeah, good eating. Yeah, that went out at the city market. So I think the one that that um, was there the is plaza. the one moving to. 
Oh, there's one on the plaza too, but yeah. I think what it is is I think the one at the city market moved to the it's airport. It's moving to the airport. Yeah. That makes sense. Boulevard Brewing. Yeah. Which is great. Buffalo State Pizza Company. Mm-hmm. which I just recently had some friends at work tell me how good that place is. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a chance to go there yet, but I will. Taste of Brazil, which is down at the city market, and they're pretty stellar. And another Pigwitch location. So there's going to be two Pigwitch locations in the city market. or In, in the, the airport? In the airport, yeah. Big airport now. Wow. Yeah. How about our famous barbecue? Two local joints will be present. Mm-hmm. Only two, though. I thought there would probably be some more. But Jack Stack, Q39, Joe's. Zarda. None, Zarda. None of the big boys are in there. Really? None of them. Oh, who's in there? Um, Meet Mitch, which just opened in Leewood and will be in Concourse A. Meet Mitch, you will know the sauce from the char bar. Okay. Remember we went to the char bar? Yeah. And uh, I think that'd been the first time you've been there, right? The one in mm-hmm. Westport there? Well, the only char bar there is. They okay. they serve Meat Mitch barbecue sauce. Okay. And Meat Mitch is a guy that won a lot of the uh, American Royals, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And other, and other contests, too. So he's very well known in the circuit. And so in Concourse B... Uh, local team Black Magic will hold down a spot. Okay. I'm, so I'm not familiar with them. They are another American Royal winner. Yeah. Well, you know, that makes sense. Instead of having a big chain, Yeah. just have, you really know, make local. Really local. Yeah. I like that idea. I do, too. I mean, yeah, Jack Stack would be great, but, I mean, you know, all the glory they get, they don't really need a place out there. How about if we go really, really crazy local, you know? Yeah. Like underground, because I know the Jones, those two ladies are retiring. Uh Uh-huh. But I remember they really wanted the Jones to go there, and that's that place in KCK. Mm Mm-hmm. That's small that the two black women own. And I guess they got a lot of their famousness from uh, um, Queer Eye. Hmm. That remember that show Queer Eye from oh, the Straight Guy or something yeah. like that? Yeah. I guess they were in town and they hung out with the Joneses barbecue or something like that. Oh, okay. That's what people tell me because I never did watch that show. But yeah. uh, anyhow, they have great barbecue. They sell the sauce at certain places. The sauce is excellent. But they're one of those places that when they run out of food, that's it. And they do. You know, they run mm-hmm. out of food a lot. Because they can't keep up with the demand. And that's a smarter way to do it. Rather than bake a bunch and then throw away a bunch, it's just make a bunch and when it sells out, close. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of places like that. It's just, hey, that when makes it's done, so it's much done. more sense. Slaps is like that. Good. I've good. been to Slaps later on in the day and they're like, sorry, man. Mm-hmm. Um, all we have is three links of sausage and a quarter chicken. Okay, yeah. I'll take it. And, you know, when, when a business is like that, people will learn that when it's closer to the closing time, they may not have any food left, so people will call or yeah. go online or come for the drinks and the side dishes or something like that. Oh, you know? uh, yeah, I've done I've done that at Slaps. Yeah. They have some really, really fucking good uh, um, macaroni and cheese. Oh, mac and cheese. Yeah. yeah. The mac and cheese is just crazy good there. Yeah. So uh, I got mac and cheese with just a little bit of pulled pork that they mm-hmm. had left and some beans and, and I forgot what else. The beer so, tastes just as good whether the meat's gone or not. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> 
So, uh, so cool. So yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm very happy with it so far from what I've read. Is there a hotel at the airport? I mean, physically at the airport I built into noth- it. I read nothing about it, but they yeah. really need that. I, it seems to be unusual, but it makes so much sense. Well, in Orlando a place. has the Hyatt right there in the in the uh, airport. Yeah, and it's fantastic. I mean, I'm, it makes sense for layovers, but especially for places where you have a higher potential for weather delays. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the airport shut down for the next 18 hours. You can just walk from the terminal over to the elevator, go up the elevator, and there's the hotel. And you yeah. rent a room, and you go, and you take a shower, and you sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get a taxi. You don't have to drive through, you know, three feet of snow anywhere. It's to build the hotel into the airport. Well, this, it will get la- it'll get filled up with people on layovers and flying standby. This article is non-specific about different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like this isn't just like a food that, it's like businesses that are in there. Yeah, there should be shops so for clothing, I'm say or that electronics. As far as I can tell, there is not yeah. a hotel in there, but I wish there was because the Orlando Hotel, the the Hyatt that's in there, is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there, it's a huge hotel, it's in the middle of the airport, and you literally see people walking out in their fucking pajamas, mm-hmm. uh, going and getting a Starbucks right next to them, and then walking back in their room. If not a hotel, maybe one of those businesses could be a place where you can just rent a space to sleep for a while in a real bed. That would be a great idea, yeah. like the pods that they come up with. Uh-huh. Yeah, I so would love that. So instead of like a whole hotel with all the... Everything goes with it. It's just like here, rent a little, a little tiny space to sleep. You know, the claustrophobic people couldn't do it, but mm-hmm. that would give people an option. It's like, man, I'm going to be here on a layover for a long time. Go in there, sleep. <laughs> I, I I love that idea. Uh, yeah, right. rather than having to leave the airport and come back. Oh God, I via would ground pay, transportation. I would pay a lot more. Yeah. To not have to do that. I think that's a, a really, and a then really all good the time, business opportunity. If you stayed in the secure area, you'd never have to go through that yeah. fucking TSA either. Uh-huh. You just be like, you know what? No shoe removal, none of this, none yeah. of that. You just, uh, You've already just, been checked. Yeah, so you, it's yeah. like, oh, all right. You just fucking, yeah. Just go uh, to your flight the next day or in a couple of days or whatever, however long the... Uh, mm-hmm. um, the delay is. So there will be an 18th and Vine Market, a Lego store, with other uh, among other options. Uh-huh. So the 18th and Vine Market will be a lot of stuff from the Negro Leagues. Yeah. Um, probably from uh, the Monarchs. Yeah. Not the Monarchs now in existence, but the Negro Leagues Monarchs. Yeah. Um, um, probably a lot of jazz stuff. Mm-hmm. Charlie Parker, um, uh, you know, uh, a guy that uh, that passed away that I knew, um, really nice guy. Art Nelson was one of the founder members of jazz. Really oh. good guy. Um, anyhow, um, there you know we we were the birthplace of jazz. And some of the some of the barbecued greats that aren't necessarily around anymore. Um, is is there is Bryant's still open? Yeah, but they've went downhill so yeah. bad. But, you know, there were probably some, some awesome barbecue joints from the 50s and 60s that aren't around anymore. Oh, I'm sure. That they could have, you know, included in the, the legends of barbecue in Kansas City. There's a guy that used to cook on a fucking barrel smoker. Wow. 
Uh, well, actually, LC's from LC's Barbecue. Uh-huh. I remember back 30 years ago, maybe, I think, mm. probably around 30 years ago when he was first starting, he just had a barrel smoker. Mm. And he smoked everything out there on a barrel, then brought it in and sliced it up, just him himself. And now, I mean, he's got one fuck of a business. So <laughs> Nice. He's from Georgia. Um, but um, I think he said he lives in Sedalia or Warrensburg. He lives quite a ways away now. But yeah. anyhow, Con- Concourse B, the city market will have a... Re- Concourse B, it's the city market. It will have uh, retail sites. The city market will have a location as well as, uh, as Brookside. So, in other words, I kind of said this wrong because of the way that it's uh, presented here on this article. Mm-hmm. Okay, it will have different sections. Like, this will be the Brookside section. This will be the city market section. Oh, I see. Yeah. So, it's like little uh, areas. Of the city of represented the city. in the terminal. Yes. Cool. Okay. So, um, there will be a... Uh, Go Swift Automated Retail and Mother Earth Coffee. Mm. Mother Earth Coffee is over there on Gillum. Never been there, always wanted to be, and I will. Yeah. I will go there one day. And uh, in addition, other eateries will include Brown and Low, which is down there at the city market. Yeah. Starkyard Brewing, where our good friend Steve uh, spins records every Friday on Outlaw Friday. Neat. Um, a guys pub and deli this is the guy's chip people oh okay and more chains like smoothie king and auntie annie's will also be at the new hubs coffee houses will include parisi coffee messenger and city market coffee roasters oh okay our our guys yeah yeah and coincidentally i was up there today and the help was saying what exactly do you guys record out there? <laughs> and I said, well, it's a podcast. Um, anyhow, it's in kind of a hurry because everything I had to do today. But uh, anyhow, I told him, I said, you guys have something you want to say? Come on. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I said, yeah. I said, when we're recording, come on out. I said, speak whatever you want to. Yeah. We are free speech. That's what we do. Yep. We don't care if it's you're fucking speaking mongoloid. We don't give a shit. We don't <laughs> care if you're speaking fucking, I don't know, urban. If you want to promote your business, well, that's all right, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it probably won't do you a damn bit of good, but, nah, you nah. know, yeah. Probably keep people well the fuck away from your business. But you know what? You can come out and give it a try see what happens. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Yeah. That's a well-thought-out design for the terminal. That's going to yeah. be interesting to, it, it, to see it. This article said that there's going to be an update on everything in about, a, I don't know, a month. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see what the update is because I have a feeling there may be some more things yeah. that they haven't revealed yet about what's going in. Yeah. So hopefully there will be a hotel. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I want to find out what what parts will be available to the non-ticketed passengers. Because if you don't have a ticket, you don't get into the secure That's area. That's the big thing right there is yeah. because I want it in the secure area because I want to go in and get all the bullshit done with. And then it's like, all right, well, let's go have a fucking round of drinks. Mm-hmm. Let's go eat a slab of ribs. And then we're going to be on our way to fucking um, uh, Florida or mm-hmm. Colorado or wherever. That's going to have... 
to me, that would have to be a balance. I think the majority of your customers are going to be, yeah, mm -hmm. go into the secure area. But the people who live in the town where the airport is, if I'm not going anywhere, there's absolutely no reason for me to go up to the airport and patronize any of the businesses that aren't in the secure area. I agree. It, uh, unless there's a lot of stuff to do in the non-secure area, I'll never go there unless I'm flying somewhere. Yeah. And, and it's the same with, uh, like, Arrowhead Stadium. They have the Chiefs Hall of Fame in there. They have shops and stuff. But I have no idea. Do I have to pay parking to go in on just, like, a Wednesday afternoon? Are they even open then? Can mm -hmm. I go in and do I have access? Or are they only open during game time? I, I just don't know. They never say it. When the airport first opens up, I would pay parking just to go in there and check out everything and all uh -huh. that. Um. But, I mean, can you really go to the secure area? Not unless you have a ticket. That's what I thought. Yeah, you, they only let ticketed passengers pass that secure area. So, unless you're, unless you're flying out, there's a big part of the airport you don't get to. Well, I'm with you then. I would have to know exactly what... Yeah, what's available to those of us who aren't really going anywhere but still want to... You know, it's like casinos have figured it out. There's lots of stuff to do there other than gambling. There's mm -hmm. shows, there's there's food, there's other oh, types of entertainment. They're the kings of that. Yeah. They are the kings of so that. So even though I don't have any intention on betting a single penny, I would still go to a casino and watch a band play. Same here, and I do. I have. Yeah. So, so I, I'm just wondering if the airport's going to be that way. You know, Is it still a place to go and do stuff if you're not flying somewhere? Yeah, I would so, agree. We'll find out. Yeah. And if anyone knows about the uh, the uh, Arrowhead Stadium, uh, let me know whether you can get in or not. Yeah, I don't know. You, for the, the makers, makers, guess, guess who bit my asshole board game, game and guess whose genitals are on my face? It's two, two douchebags and microphone action figure. figure. That's right. Each action figure comes with a scratch and sniff pelvic area, a free bag of Cheetos, and three, 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 three mullets. mullets. That's right. Three free mullets. You, you can put, put these on each douche bag and have fun. New from Jizzbro. Act now and get a free at-home taint, taint piercing. piercing. That's right. Free at-home taint, taint piercing. piercing. Are you familiar with the uh, conspiracy theory or the the fan theory that Avril Lavigne was replaced by a look-alike. Mm -hmm. uh, the one I'm more familiar with is Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney's famous. As a matter of fact, Ringo Starr did not help it. Yeah, he came out and said Paul McCartney is dead and it's a look-alike all these years. I don't know if the guy's senile now or if that's actual fucking truth. That happened several years ago. I was still working at the time. I remember when he came out and said that. And he never retracted it, but no one ever really oh, followed up much. The on only it. reason I brought that up at all was well, it's pertinent to the story too. That yeah. Paul, that uh, Ringo Starr backed it up, but you'd be surprised at the amount of people that do not know that Ringo Starr actually said that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that did happen, and yeah. a, you know, and we didn't have any other choice because if Paul died, then the Beatles died. So uh -huh. yeah, I mean. It sounds so far-fetched, but isn't everything that you find out later on far-fetched? Mm -hmm. 
and you got to ask yourself how much of it is this isn't realistic versus I don't want to believe this because it's more fun to you see exactly believe the lie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to believe that Paul died all those years ago and this is a fake because that's not any fun. So yeah. I'm going to pretend it's unrealistic and I, can't ever happen. All I've got to say is this. They did perfect with the talent part of it mm -hmm. because Paul McCartney, the replacement, the wings were fantastic. They with were him pop and then hit him making solo. machines. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to a song like Band on the Run and that song was written like the Beatles. Yeah, it really very was. Very good song, really very well uh, put together. Yeah. Just good music. A ditty mixed with a little bit more complex music like they did later on. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of put it all together and they took like a ditty that they used to do, you know, and just mm -hmm. like, love, love me too, you know. And then they put it with more complex music and they put it in segments. And it was just beautiful. I mean, yeah. they were such good musicians. Well, if this was a replacement Paul McCartney, they either taught him really well or he had a lot of <laughs> yeah. musical talent to begin with. Really? Because to me, it's like, you find someone looks like him, fine. Okay, good. It only takes you so far. Everybody has a doppelganger. Yeah. yeah. But if the guy can't fucking do anything, mm -hmm. he can't do anything. So it doesn't matter, you know? And that's that's also the thing with with Avril Lavigne too. This uh, the theory she disappeared apparently for a while, and then she came back looking different. And people think, okay, I got a theory. I got a theory and, about her. And but the thing is, she can still sing. But of course, they say, oh well, they're just using a filter to recreate her voice or whatever. Mm -hmm. But but my my basic point is with the. I've heard so many places bragging about this facial recognition software and how awesome it is and it can identify people based on ear shape and nose opening shape and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Trot this software out and let's determine once and for all whether that's the real Paul McCartney and the real Avril Lavigne. Because you've got boatloads of pictures to have the software look at, it ought to be able to tell us conclusively one way or another. Why aren't they doing it? Why isn't somebody doing that? Agreed. Yeah. It's time to put it to rest. Well, Paul, it really uh, is. Okay. Um, <laughs> Paul McCartney, okay, who knows. But Admiral, Admiral Levine, I do have this, I've always had this thought. I think that she snuck away mm -hmm. to do some sort of uh, plastic surgery. Uh -huh. And I think that her camp floated the story when she came back for a lot of different reasons. Take the heat off of her looking different in parentheses. Yeah. Also, more albums sold. Yep, get people talking about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that they were like, you know what? Okay, you go have this procedure done. Uh -huh. right? Nose job, what the fuck ever, whatever she had done. And then when you, you stay gone for a while, let it all heal. Don't be anywhere near the public. Uh-huh. And then when you come back, this may or may not be you. Just then be vague about what happened while you were gone. Yeah, and, just, uh, yeah. yeah, I did my own thing for a couple of months. You know, everybody goes through it. Then everyone's like, bullshit. She wasn't <laughs> just doing her own stuff. For, you know? Yeah. And then it just feeds off itself because everybody has her own thing. Mm -hmm. That's my theory on Avril Lavigne and then Paul McCartney. Who the hell knows at this point? I know. Like I said, so long ago, it seems almost so impossible 
to get, you know, they could have recruited me. I could have looked just like Paul McCartney, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't, but I could have, yeah. right? Okay, so, and then they go, all right, Mark, we need you to replace Paul McCartney. Hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to suck. I yeah. mean, there's no way to get me to write a song like that. There's no way to get me to sound anything nearly like that. So it had to have been the perfect crime. And you would have had to enlist the help of people who knew Paul McCartney because the substitute Paul would have to know exactly. everything he knew, know all the people he knew, all the details, or he would be found out pretty quickly. He's like, yeah, you don't know what you're supposed to know. Yeah. You look like Paul, but you you ain't him. And that could have happened because yeah. it could have been the Beatles going, hey, <clears throat> guys, come yeah. on. Everyone play along. We'll make Every it worth your while. Yeah, yeah. Is that good? We're gonna, we know that you know you knew Paul really well, okay? Mm -hmm. We're sorry. He died. Here's here how much we need to scratch you off to act like this is Paul. Yeah. <laughs> so it is possible. And that's that's the fun part of and talking about it. The thing about, about it, it being possible, possible is <laughs> is the reason everything's possible is because we've been through shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like for a long time. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, even now, I wouldn't be surprised if some said, you know, yeah, Elvis was, you know, losing his talent. He got very overweight, and he wanted to just go retire and be left alone. Mm -hmm. He didn't want tabloids having pictures of him eating peanut butter and fucking uh, what, banana or whatever sandwiches that he liked. Yeah, what is it, peanut butter, banana, and bacon? Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want a bunch of fucking paparazzi taking taking pictures of me eating three of those. Yeah, I don't want them making fun of me. I don't want them like showing a close up of my belly or my uh -huh. ass. You know, all I want to do is go live out the rest of my life in peace. And he could watch the big love fest that was his funeral on TV. Yeah, but and yeah, I remember that it, there were stories for years Elvis sightings. It became a joke. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and I think some of that was just people souls in denial. But... Loved the guy so much mm -hmm. that they could not bear that he really was dead. Yeah, the denial aspect yeah. is like, oh, but we saw him, and and you know some of that was also fed by uh, the suggestion. Yeah, and there was somebody who could make money off of like album sales or. Or movie sales. Let's so, face it, record yeah. companies were probably behind a lot of that. Yeah, go churn up the rumor that he's still alive, and then people will go out and buy his albums again for a couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> what's why it's just wouldn't like they back do masking. it? <laughs> Backmasking. I think who was it that said that? Okay, what I'm referring to is this right here. When the backmasking, for those of you that may not know, <clears throat> there's messages in records. When you pay the, when you play them backwards, yeah, and it was very big in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, some of them were satanic, some of them were just funny, like Pink Floyd's. You know, uh -huh. congratulations, you got her back masking. Uh -huh. You were gonna win a trip to Acapulco, and then there's other <laughs> ones that go, Satan, what you? <laughs> or how you know all this stuff? I'm Satan. I'm gonna burn your soul. You know, or whatever. Jimi Hendrix would put in uh, some pornographic stuff in his backmasking. I was unaware his... of that. Now, yeah. now, what do you mean by pornographic? Um, there's a song, I think the song is called And the Gods Made Love. And some of the backmasking, yeah, the, I, some I, of the I, backwards in there Not a very well-known song, and it wasn't uh, a very well-known album that he done, but yeah, go ahead. It, when 
part when uh, when it's played backwards and a certain part is isolated, you can hear people having sex. Apparently, oh wow! I haven't ever heard it myself, but was um, it him banging sweet sweet Connie or not? No. They didn't go into that detail. Oh, okay. It just said it just said the the sounds oh, of someone that of people having sex. That was Plaster Caster. <clears throat> oh yeah, Jane, Jane Simmons wrote a song about her. You know, Plaster Caster. If you want to see my love, just ask her. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. she made Plaster Paris casts cast of... of these rock stars' penises, mm-hmm. and she kept them at her house. Yep. And uh, Jimi Hendrix had one. Gene Simmons had one. I mean, you know, everyone that she banged, she was like, yeah, here's a deal. After we get done, I'm fucking putting this uh, plaster on your dick, and that's the way it is. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I I would think they would have to shave all their hair off, because wouldn't it just stick all in their hair? I'm not sure what the stipulations were. And, I mean, it would have been funny if she started a rock star penis museum, wouldn't it? Yep, yep. Probably hey, could have done that. Freedom of information. Hey, we can measure how many yards of dick she has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the plaster caster chick, which was not Sweet Connie. No. Um, yeah, I bet you that's a lot of yards of dick. Um, I got another question slightly, and we can go back to what we're talking about here in a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, shit, we start off with back masking and then the uh, great... Well, I guess we took the great um, look-alike deal probably as far as we can so we can just yeah. keep progressing into this so okay are you familiar with layla the george harrison eric clapton <clears throat> oh yeah Derek and the Domino's song layla uh-huh yes layla was a real woman yes okay what do you know about that she was george harrison's wife wife patty mm-hmm. patty boyd and she and George were kind of on the outs, and Eric Clapton was in love with her mm-hmm. and wrote the song about her, but changed the name to Layla. Yes. And then eventually, uh, he, I think he married her. I believe so, yes. And then they divorced. Uh huh. And he still remained friends with George Harrison. Because with George, it was like they were kind of done anyway, and Eric was like, can't wait till you guys split up so I can ask her out. <laughs> so that's what I've heard is that it was Patty Boyd Harrison. Yes. Was Layla. Yeah. And he actually did wind up with Layla, but it didn't last. No, it didn't last. But yeah. he was head over heels yeah. on her. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was pretty much admitted way after the fact. George yeah. Harrison is dead now, so it doesn't matter. <clears throat> yeah. And so. uh, the Buddy Holly song, Peggy Sue, mm-hmm. that was about a real girl who he was really infatuated with, but her name wasn't Peggy Sue. It was very close. It was like Betty Lou or, or something. Oh, yeah, I did. I, yeah. But he changed it to Peggy Sue because he was that shy about letting it leak out who he was. Peggy Sue was actually in the play, Not Fade Away. Which I did go see. Yeah. About Buddy Holly and Peggy Sue was actually in that. Yeah. I mean, and because it was that uh, well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was under the name Peggy Sue also. Yeah. Or and Betty Lou or whatever. I think there are a lot of those those famous love songs you've heard that are actually about real people and it's they a real love song. Well, like um, I think we spoke about it before. Beth. Yeah. Was actually Gretch. 
Uh-huh. And uh, let's see. Oh, and the... so was Hard Luck Woman. Hard Luck, wo- Hard Luck Woman actually says, Gretch, I really love you. I really care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be a Hard Luck Woman. Um, but for some reason, when he wrote the song Beth, he didn't want to use her name again. So it, it, he, it started off, Gretch, you know, it, I hear you calling. Yeah. And then it was changed to Beth. It sounds prettier to sing Beth. I think that's what it is. Because they were going for the crossover hit big time. Yeah, and it was actually side two of uh, Love Gun, maybe? That's right, it was the B-side. It was the B-side. And people kept flipping it over going, man, have you heard this Peter Chris song, uh, Beth? Yeah. And it became a huge hit and is one of their biggest <laughs> hits ever. Yep. But much to the uh, <laughs> dismay of uh, uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. Really? They really didn't care for that at all. So, anyhow. Here's another example. It's not a girl's name, but the Journey song, Lights. Mm-hmm. Um, it, who, it's, it, who was the singer on that? Um, Steve Perry did part of the vocals, and the other part was... I can't remember the guy's Flash name. Ma- Ra- uh, George... Oh, the other guy. Somebody, yeah. Not Robert Flashman or... Uh, I can't remember. Oh, oh, well, anyhow. But anyway, the song was originally written um, about Los Angeles. And in, in the, the lyrics we're familiar with, it's uh, when the lights go down in the city and the sun shines on the bay. Originally it was, and the sun shines on L.A. On L.A., that makes sense. Uh-huh. But, but the I, guy had the song and never really got it, you know, never really had it, a band work on it and do it until he got with Journey. And he's like, okay, we're in San Francisco now. I can change the words a little bit like this. And then he presented it to the band. They're like, heck yeah. And it wound up being a major hit for him. But it was originally written about Los Angeles instead of San that's Francisco. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Hey, Pete. Pete. Just, you doing it, man? You doing anything with that peanut butter whiskey there? Peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, look at it. Interesting combination of flavors there. Uh, what? Yeah, <coughs> he, he doesn't care. Hang on. You take a shot. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Woohoo! Hell, here. I'll take a sniff. Yeah, what do you think? Ooh, I can smell the peanut butter. You can? Yeah. Don't light a match. (laughs) That's some strong, was that, 80? Yeah, yeah, something like that. It's like peanut butter mixed with fucking grain alcohol or something. Ooh. Oh. I'm going to have to look up the the origin of the term proof. I need a Coke. Fucking wash that shit down. (laughs) Thank you, Pete. Okay, anyhow. He, he does not want on air for nothing. No, he won't say a word. Listen, only two people fucking listen. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. Uh. Did you hear about the uh, Amazon facility in Amarillo, Texas that had to shut down a, a few days ago? No. Overrun with bed bugs. Oh, Massive infestation oh, oh, oh. of bed bugs in this because bed bugs can can oh, live inside cardboard boxes for a while. That's scary as fuck. Yeah, it, it, I've learned that bed bugs can can lay dormant for a year. That's scary that's why they, as shit. Yeah, that's why they tell you if you've had problems with them to wait a year and a half before you unwrap your mattress because <laughs> they can lay dormant for a year. Oh my god! So. Um, 
I remember there was a big uh, used book sale in Lawrence a few years back that had to shut down because bed bugs can live in books pretty easily too, and all the books got contaminated. That's I why would. I won't buy used books anymore. When it's I use bed bugs, but this Amazon facility is like <laughs> swarmed. <laughs> Damn. Oh no! I was so afraid of bed bugs when I used to go out of town all the time in that mm-hmm. in that previous uh, place. Yeah, they uh, say don't leave anything on the floor. Well, I read up on it, and a lot of them live like the ones that are headboarded is attached uh-huh. to the wall. They like that type of a of a environment. Uh-huh. So I used to request rooms that had a standalone bed. Yeah, that makes and all sense. and all hotels do. Yeah. For whatever reason, like it's a comfort thing or what, but all hotels oh, ho- do. hotels have decades of experience with bed bugs. Yeah. Uh, so I inter- think they knew why I was asking too. So they'd always grant my wish if they yeah. had one. They so. I learned that bed bugs originally started out as cave bugs, and they actually lived in caves. That was their primary place they lived. How did they make the progression into <clears throat> beds? When there would be an economic downturn and people had to start living wherever and there'd be a lot of homeless people, they started living in caves. Oh, wow. The the cave bugs decided that human beings were a whole lot more fun than living in a cave and (laughs) they made the jump and they've never gone back to caves. (laughs) Like, fuck caves. Yeah. They hitched a ride on people out of the caves and they've never gone back. And now they live in beds um, they also apparently like warm electronic devices like a computer. So if you've got a computer that's running and it's kind of warm in there, bed bugs will swarm into it because they like the warmth. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, I read an article, but I never did nasty, print it out nasty. because I was going to talk about the old friars back mm-hmm. in uh, uh, colonial times. Oh, yeah. They were riddled with parasites. Ooh. Nobody was very clean back then. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Not at all. Ugh. So. you imagine what that smelt like? A fucking room full of people back then? Gosh. Well, I think I can imagine because... Uh, it smelled like sweaty asshole and underarm. A few oh. years before COVID, I remember going out to uh, St. Louis and riding up to the top of the arch. Now, it smelled pretty funky inside the little capsule that you ride up to the mm-hmm. top. And then they got those little windows. Yeah. yeah. And then, But then when you get up to the top where everyone is, oh my God, that stank so hard. It was sweat, you know, body sweat, underarm sweat. Uh, yeah. every, every woman up there needed to change her underwear, apparently, because you, you could smell vagina everywhere. You could smell sweaty ass. There was fart in the air. It was just like this whole mi- and bad breath. Ugh. It was just there was virtually zero uh, ventilation up there. And the, oh, the top Ugh. of the arch. It was like twenty degrees hotter up there, and it stank so bad. I couldn't wait for my kids to be done I've looking been up to so the we arch, could get the hell I out. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't recall that. But man, that sounds very likely. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember my wife was, you know, a woman would walk by and you'd get a whiff and she'd say, that woman needs to change her pad, damn. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was truly horrifying. So I imagine the uh, the Dark Ages, the like the 1600s or whatever, that, that's probably how every room smelled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, nasty. Yeah. Oh, well, um, let's see. What so, the, we were talking oh, about fryers with parasites. Oh, and bed bugs. And bed bugs, and yeah, because yeah. of Amarillo, Texas. So, yeah, if your Amazon package is just delayed, then uh, <laughs> it's probably because they had to chip it from a different facility. <laughs> yeah, and I did have a couple packages delayed around that timeline. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they were now. Mm-hmm. Instead of just sending me the bed bugs. Yeah, so don't save the boxes. There, all that stuff comes in. You know, just take your yeah. stuff out and burn the box outside. <laughs> and that's it, right there. Yep. go. We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells. 